Now, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I saw some of those pages posted on Twitter, and I saw that one specifically. How are you going to come to him in a time of crisis where he's helping all these other people and be like, oh, I need to talk? You were going to get ignored regardless. That's not fair. Like this is not the time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're going to get the thumbs down. Too. Like, come on now. Like, don't come on. When you see, like, what's going on, this man is going around judging people. These things are attacking us. These giant monsters are popping out of the ocean. Humans are picketing at our fence. And you coming up to me all sad, like, I need to talk. You got to wait an hour. I'm sorry. That's his son. Who's actually dead? Because you're definitely getting the thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> you are definitely not passing up judgment. <laughs> Come on now. If anything, if anything, actually, I'm pretty sure Xavier knew that that wasn't the real David. And he like. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Another Relaunch. We are your hosts. I am Mr. Wendell Vaughn Quasar. I wanted to give some love to one of my favorite cosmic characters out there because we get no love right now. You know, I always forget that you love Quasar. I think that is so interesting. He's cool. <laughs> He's got like, okay. my favorite power set. Uh, he does. Uh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hello, everyone. I am the famed vampire hunter, Blade. Eric Brooks, if you know his yes. real name. Most people don't, though. <laughs> this is the first time I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. What's his name? Yeah. I didn't hey. know what his name was, actually. You thought it was Blade. Was Blade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again. He never sticks around me long enough to tell you. So like He doesn't. That is true. And um, I wouldn't recommend reading his solo books because they're not good. Except the... They, they, the old ones weren't good. I think a lot of the stuff that he's gotten more in recent years, like that Death of Doctor Strange tie-in was very good. I think his guest appearances in Mighty Avengers was good. But again, that was one of those instances where he was there for the first arc and then he left. I think he's good in Aaron's Avengers. Um, so we're moving up. We're moving up. It's giving us something. He, he probably just needs to have his own solo. Yeah, I mean, he is. And like he's got a movie coming out, so I think if there is going to be a solo, it'll be I here sometime. Movie coming out, <laughs> yeah, I know because we didn't get any news about it at D twenty three. Yeah, well, get a lot of news at all at DC. So yeah, we did not. It was given DC fandom. There's so much content that like they can't like start releasing content for the next thing because it's going to crowd what's currently out. But you're, like, getting people so hyped for these movies that aren't coming out for, like, another, like, three, four years, which is, like, fine. I understand it. You got to do what you got to do. But I feel like for some of these things, Blade starts filming next month, I believe now. Um, it's been pushed back however many times. You could have given me a little bit of a story preview, like, maybe brought a few more actors out. You had Sam, I'm, excuse me, Anthony Mackie and the cast. <laughs> of the new Captain America movie and giving like a new name and just like saying nothing. You could have did that for Blade. That's he deserves right. a they little hype. They didn't say anything, but you could have done that. Exactly. 
So whatever. Next year, I guess. Show some concept art or something. Have him come out with some sunglasses on. You'd be like, ooh, that that would have set the internet ablaze. Okay? Like, let's yeah. be real. Like, you had to do the bare minimum. You just had to remind people, like, yes, this exists. This is a thing. You didn't even want to do that. I see, I see where this promotion is going, and I'm getting mad about it. But we won't start there. <laughs> It'll come back around. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I've been having a very good weekend. It's nice in the district. Um, the weather, I finally got my allergy medicine again. So, like, we're good there. You know, it's good. How are you? I'm good. Um, recently, it's been one of my friend Jarrell's birthday. Happy birthday, Jarrell. And, Happy um, birthday, Jarrell. It is his. 29th birthday so before he turns 30 he wanted to have a kid's birthday party okay. <laughs> so everyone had to dress up like we're back in middle school and kids um, oh oh that's cute actually it was a lot of fun i dressed up i, I could have went boy but i went like a little girl <laughs> so I yeah. like cami, <laughs> my hair pigtails um, it was really cute. They were goodie bags and like for food mm. he had. He was like, "Oh, what am I going to do for food?" He was going to order like a service, but my friend was like, "No, you got to go like a real thing." So he ordered Papa John's pizza and got Period. you know a pepperoni, a sausage, and a cheese. <laughs> oh. The sodas out, but it was only like you know a Sprite, a Coke, a Diet Coke. Coke and you a get orange. the basics. Like this is what it is. No deviations. Get one. You start out with one slice, then come back and get your second. Like exactly. Yeah. It was square cut. It was it was <laughs> really cute. It was really cute. Such a throwback. That sounds you know, fun. The music from middle school was playing, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's the middle school had some hits, <laughs> <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> Songs we should not have been listening to, but you know it's so good. crazy. Um, I was like out one day and one twelve anywhere came on, and I was telling the person I was like, you know, this was my favorite song when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> and, and they just looked at me. They were like, this song talking about like having sex anywhere i was like yes i was like i don't know how old i was in middle school or something like that i don't even think i was in middle school i might have been younger but regardless i was like i would be singing at the top of my lungs getting in trouble every single time but i was like you could not tell me that this wasn't it like Everything, like everything. <laughs> Nasty. Time. This song is it was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting, but it was like my favorite song. And I was like, we should not have been listening to these things as kids. And it's like, wow. Can't make the hit. Peaches and cream. One Twelve was my favorite group. But I was also saying that I was like, One Twelve was like my favorite group when I was growing up. Like I had all of their albums. I used to listen to it. But I was like, I think it's because all of their songs were nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. I was like, it was like it was nasty, but they also sounded really good. Like with the kings, I stand still do to this day. Actually, if they got Is back together, for you. Uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> What's the updates of the week? <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into the updates of the week. Um, there were this December slits that came out recently and not too much hype going on over at DC. Um, but some stuff <laughs> that I want to say. I just didn't see too many things that popped out. I wasn't getting one like a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> um, so there was uh, Action Comics 1050 will be coming out. It'll be a uh, an extra large issue, and it'll be the return of Kal-El Superman to Earth, as we have been talking about currently. We've been dealing with War World, and the Justice League is also dead right now. But yeah. um, it looks like in December with 1050, he will be returning back to Earth. And, um, of course, his first big battle will be a big Lex Luthor thing, um, but I'm sure it'll be updated. And kind of- I don't know if I'm going to stick with Action Comics. I'm not going to lie to you. Really? Like, it might move to a... I think, <laughs> I think it might move to a DC epic thing. I don't know what it is. It's like something, especially since we've been in these last few issues of War Road, I still enjoy it. But you remember how I was when I first started reading Action Comics. Like... Yes. It was it was like, yeah, but I don't know. It just doesn't hold the same punch for me. And I've been kind of thinking about it. I'm wondering if it's more so the guest stars are carrying it for me. Like, you know, those early issues. Um, the Justice League was appearing. Aquaman was in there. Him and Superman was getting into it. And then, you know, the Authority came in and they were acting as another group. I love Natasha Irons. I love Midnighter and all of that kind of stuff. And so as we approach 1050 and like Clark coming back, I'm thinking like, oh, are these people going to be gone? Do I really care to see him fight Lex Luthor? But I do also still like Steel. I do like Supergirl. And I think I see that um, Keenan Kong, the Superman of China, is going to be coming to help out too. So maybe I will stick around. He was, he's been kind of around currently. Um, I still think I Mr. Think Miracle that, needs to join. The, um, the one you like, what's his name? Um, Shiloh. I do. I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to promote that until it happens. I don't know what to say about anything else. But like that's just something I'm gonna keep saying. It just needs to happen. I just feel like I just feel like it fits. It's right. It's energy I want. I don't know. Um there was also the final issue, I believe, the seventh issue of uh Dark Crisis, which looks like the multiverse will be coming back and I thought it all had already came back. I'm over DC and the multiverse now. It's like, you need to let it go. The people don't <laughs> care. Stop pushing it on us. Like, the people do not care at this point. Just let us read the stories about our heroes. We do not care. Mm-hmm. I think if at I gotta, this point, we've all accepted that DC continuity is what it is. Just, like, just tell the stories. Just tell the stories. That's it. Yeah. And if you want to write something in the multiverse, write something in the multiverse. Who's stopping you? That's what you got Earth Two books for. Whatever. They see well, the most person should like legitimize it. Yeah, that's what they did with Infinite Frontier, wasn't it? And the metal event. I missed out on metal. I didn't read that. I mean, I do remember I, Infinite Frontier. I thought that was like. I don't know if that was like. It was like. Kind of dipping your toes into the multiverse. It wasn't like <laughs> so. Now we now we jumped into now it. we're like fully here. Yeah. <laughs> now we're like, okay. Yeah. I think now they're trying to say like we officially, officially here. Okay. Well, I just want to read about Aquaman. So I need them to do something about that. And Yara, that's my sister. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what they're gonna do with Aquaman. Actually, if they're gonna. I will I'm say that all the Justice League are going to come back out. Mm-hmm. And they train up too. Um, I will say that Aquaman does consistently get books. So, like, I am not 
worried in any sense that like that's not going to happen sometime soon but i'm just excited to see that family again and like kind of what it's going to look like especially in terms of jackson yeah. i read a lot of arthur i, I love him. they ever changed him from being aquaman like he is i know right it fits <laughs> <laughs> he did that you got that one <laughs> we'll see him in june so okay oh yeah well <laughs> he'll always have pride um, all right, switching over into Marvel, um, there were a few things that I wanted to bring up from their December solicits, such as Dark Web. So the Dark Web event will be happening with the Chasm, as well now Ben Riley and uh, Madeline Pryor. <laughs> Goblin Queen. I mean, I think she does both. Maybe Goblin Queen is her mutant name. Is she a mutant? She's a clone like of Jesus. She's still out on that one. I feel like, yes. I thought she couldn't walk through the gates. Because, like. Can she? Is that a thing? Yeah, and Hellion, she was like, oh, my plan is to attack Krakoa, but, like, I can't walk through the gates, so I'm going to, like, send. I thought she was just mad she wasn't invited. But she couldn't go. I don't know. She was on the island. They brought her back. I don't see it. I don't see it for that lady. So I don't really care. But but I, I don't really either. Coming out now with her and which is crazy to me. It's kind of crazy to me that Maddie has been dead all of this time, and like she's back now, and she's getting an event. You know what? Let's talk about it. Let's pull over for a second. I personally feel like that is a perfect example of how characters will be elevated if the writer likes them. So, like, I think a lot of people always wonder, like, oh, where's my favorite character? Why aren't they in this book? Or blah, blah, blah. I think some of it is, I think it's, like, threefold. I think some of it is just the story that's being told. I think mm-hmm. that the other part could be, like, mandates from, you know, the corporate publisher themselves. Or, honestly, it's the pitches from the writers. <laughs> the favorites that you like aren't being used because the writers aren't pitching to use them. But, like... Wells obviously is a fan of Madeline Pryor and he's currently writing Spider Man, so there you go. I don't know. I'm not gonna read Dark Web, so I'm gonna read the X Men tie in issues because um mm. if well if the if the main book ties into it well, no, not because Gene. But <laughs> mostly because I'm reading the X Men book. <laughs> okay. Ah. Uh, <laughs> but another girl. Firestar gonna be in it, right? Yeah. But if the other like stuff doesn't happen, I per- personally in the whole Maddie and Jean thing, I'm actually on Jean's side. Oh yeah, same. But when it comes to Cyclops also, and Maddie, like I'm on Maddie's side. Yeah, I don't really like clones either. And Maddie is just kind of like, eh, I don't really need her. I don't get the appeal anymore. Ben Riley tried to carve out his own lane. I don't really know if he needs. I don't know who Ben Riley is, so that's not pulling me in either. <laughs> I'm like, like literally, literally, I have never heard the name Ben Riley in my entire life before hearing about this event. You have seen Spider Man with that blue hoodie on. That's Ben Riley. Spider Man with a blue hoodie? Seen. Yes, Spider Man with that blue hoodie. I don't know what that is. Wow. Wow. I can't. I know you know. <laughs> so anyway, hold on. on. I'm about to Google him. 
You can go ahead, move on. I'm still going to Google him. Let's let's move on. Anyway, there's also Iron Man number one coming out, which is a new run for the series, which will be written by Jerry Duggan and Juan for Jerry. I won't be going through all of the major solutions here. I'm just going to kind of call them off. I just uh, thought this was Spider-Man in a blue hoodie. No, that is Ben Riley. You see the picture now? I feel like I've seen this in one of the Spider-Man cartoons. That was Ben Riley. suit. <laughs> Or they were probably trying to do like a an Easter egg to that suit. I honestly think I just made that up. I don't even know if I've seen this before. Cause like I just googled it in the Superman cartoon, and I'm like, this doesn't look familiar either. I don't know. I'm not gonna find out. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. What were you thinking? Logan Riley is. Um. So there. I'm not gonna go through all of the solicits. Uh, we'll just kind of rattle some off. Iron Man number one coming out with by Jerry Dugan and Ron Jerry. There is Miles Morales number one. Uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man number one, which will be written by Cody Ziegler and Federico Bessentini. Be on art. Oh, I like uh, his art. Also, yeah, me too. That's really cool. And I know that Cody Ziegler, I think, from Miles stuff recently. Whatever. So I think that's cool that he's fine. Um, Monica Rambo, Photon number one, will be coming out in December as well. Um, but it's one of five. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number one, which is also one of five, will be coming out in December. Support, um, support. Support, support. Again, because those books, um, you never know if the sells well, it could be pushed beyond those five. Um, also, we recently talked about Murder World and Arcade yeah. having Murder World Avengers. Murder World Spider-Man comes out in December. So I think there is like everybody going to go to Mortal World and deal with that. So I think that's kind of cool. I hope the X-Men go. Wait. Yeah. I don't. Never mind. <laughs> I don't. Because if they go, it's going to be a team. But I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Year um, two is taking it. I'm sorry. Anywho, anywho there, there is also Secret Invasion number two, which I thought any of the Maria Hill fans out there. Yes, we are here. Yes. Um, I assumed, obviously, this is, will be a tie-in because of the MCU. The movie. They have got to like start being more honest about the fact that the MCU really dictates where these characters are showing up. So I'm not mad at this one because I love all of these characters. I like Maria Hill. I like Nick Fury Jr. I feel like Daisy and Yo-Yo and the Secret Warriors and them might pop up in here. So it's like, this is my time. I also think they're going to show up in the show, which is like, yeah. You think so? You think they're bringing the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into this? Yeah. Yes. Final answer. The whole time. I think they might make one or two of them. Oh, I hope it's not Mac. Oh. He was so good. Was he the fine one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, only know, like, <laughs> I only know two characters on that show, and they were two, the two fine men. Uh, yeah. I don't know who and they I always think Mac was like an interesting case, because when his character first came on the show, like I did not enjoy him at all. But I think the way they developed him, and like in the they, he eventually became Colson, and like in charge of the entire group. And it was just like the way they moved him like up. Him? He was kind of a... <sighs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> The point is, by the end, he was great. Um, I don't think he has a comic counterpart. I don't know. You know they released, like, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comic book a few years later after the show, and some of the characters from the show were in the comic or, like, finally made their comic appearance. I don't know if he was one of them. I might have to go back and look that up. 
That's a good question because I remember they were trying to like use Marvel characters to cameo in that book, right? Like, yeah, to, like really solidify those characters as being a part of six one six. I don't know. You should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Also coming out in December, the Scarlet Witch uh, solo written by Steve Orlando and art by Sarah Pacelli, and mm. I'm sure. All of the fans of Scarlet Witch are excited for her to get her uh, solo series. Not, I'm the, not sure if this is going to be it is one. So we'll see. I'm I'm gonna read it. I um I can be like hot and cold on Orlando, but he wrote a Dark mini like a few months back, and um the Omega issue with Wanda I thought was actually really nice. Where she like finally defeated Kathan and like had her moment, and obviously they've like moved her into a space of being the redeemer on Koa. People like her again. When she absorbed him, like she was like, "You don't possess me, I possess you." They let it. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Yeah, child, that's their um. You know when Jean is walking out of the thing to Noel and King and Black. (laughs) That's the that's the same fans. Yes, it's the same thing. They <laughs> love it. Um, so I don't know. I think that would be interesting to go for Wanda. I like Wanda. I'm going to read it. Me too. I like Wanda. So I'll Pacelli on art is a win for her. Congrats. For sure. Love her art. Um, and, you know, Magic fans have been begging for more Magic characters to be getting the spotlight. So shout out to them for getting this. Oh, I thought you meant like Ileana. I was like, what's she got to do with magic? Uh, <laughs> no, I meant like, but no. We, I, I think magic is on like the rise right now at Marvel. When you have Strange Academy, I think that's been going pretty strong and the sequel for the book has been announced. Um, Kalia has obviously been doing the dang thing over in Strange. Um, Ileana, speaking of, finally decided to embrace magic and that's something that she's going to be doing. You have Midnight Suns, which came out this, uh, we're going to talk about that later. And then Blade has his moment. So I think slowly but surely they're coming up. There's a couple of characters who are going to like be the backbone of it, I feel like, and we'll branch out from there. And I, again, I really do think that this is the MCU. I have seen in that recent interview by JD White, mm-hmm. um, he had an interview where they asked him about like the impact of the MCU, and he was very honest about it, where he said that they don't they don't meet regularly where it's like, well, tell us what you guys are doing and write this. He did say though that like they'll come and be like, do whatever you guys want to do so that uh, like in the future it's something that we can adapt. Yeah. Like, there obviously is like some kind of, oh, we do want to do something where it's gonna be, it could be adapted into the MCU. Yeah, and then and then I feel like magic is the the next logical place for them to go. Obviously, they're about to get into like the big multiverse stuff, and then what comes after space? Magic, and even some of the X books, like they're doing magic stuff too. Again, Ileana, Richter is a druid. Excalibur's in the fantasy land of other world. Um, they're 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 building to something nice. Initiative, magic user. I would love one for the space. It's been quiet up there. Space <laughs> needs one for sure. Yes. The Guardians can. The Guardians will carry that on their back. And even Star Lord, he's kind of moved over to being a magic girl too. So, yeah, he is a little magic gun and he does sexual stuff. So, like, period. <laughs> he's got other things he wants to oh, <laughs> I miss him so much. The Guardians is such a hot and cold book for me because I don't like the team 
<laughs> just what I want. But I like the idea of when they became a bigger like Guardians of the Galaxy. We are like a collective with people. Honestly, I think the brand became a little oversaturated. To like be perfectly real, I think yeah, especially when the movies came out, it it felt like there was a consistent Guardians title for like a few years now, and it really did always feature a variation of the same five people uh, from the movies. But it was just like back to back to back to back to back. It wasn't sticking, but they were just throwing it back at you anyway. And it was kind of like, okay, we need a break. I think this is the first time since since the most recent series has been canceled that we haven't been reading about them. Yeah. But like like we know, their movie's coming up, so there will be a relaunch soon. But I wonder yeah. if it'll be, is this the last MCU Guardians of the Galaxy movie? I wonder. If oh, I hope like, so. Uh, oh, it is. I know it is. This, uh, uh. <laughs> Gunn <laughs> said that this was the last one. That uh, he Well, he said this is the last, his last Guardians movie and the last version of this team. So like, I wonder if the comic book that comes out will just say, oh, we're not even going to follow the MCU whatever we want to do because mm. the movie's ending i don't know i think it'll be the same yeah you're probably right <laughs> <laughs> i'm being naive <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all well those were the updates of the week let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come right back cool Welcome back to another review. Um, you know, this was kind of an unprecedented week for me. I only had two books. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. I, don't know. I think it's a lot of your fave books, like, have wrapped up. I told you, it feels like things are winding down because they're going to, like, restructure. Thing. I mean, I just oh. talked about all those new number ones coming in December. Mm. So. You did say yeah, that. I think I made a mistake. Wanda's book does not come out in December. It actually comes out in January. Oh, oh starting off the year with a little magic. Ah, I see the vision. <laughs> okay, well, luckily, I mean, we did still have, like, a nice little list of books here for this week. Um, first up on the list is one that I did not read, but you are very familiar with Captain Marvel number 41 from Kelly Thompson, and Juan Fergari's doing the art for this? Yes, he is. As well as, well as Alvaro Lopez, there's, like, Oh, alternating different planets and stuff like they alternate okay. um and i know i keep saying it and i won't stay long then because it's just another great issue um although i did have a little bit of a complications with it Let's talk about that for a bit um last issue we saw the end of the magic tribunal we saw carol like go through these simulations where she had to fight a dragon she was killing it but then she stopped killing it um she ended up breaking herself out of it uh, with the help of Wanda implanting stuff with her to even herself. And when she got back, Enchantress turned that little girl, her friend, uh, Lieutenant Trouble, like, mm-hmm. looks up to Carol into a dragon <laughs> for Carol to fight. And of course, mm-hmm. when she gets there, the dragon is like stomping out through the city and blasting her. Carol makes this really cool, like, Ultan sword and throws it at the dragon. The dragon gets really hurt. Um, she ends up catching up with binary Spider-Woman and her sister, mm-hmm. the current accuser, and they're like, you know, we need to stop this dragon from terrorizing the city. Like, we need to uh, save all these people. 
they go through, try to stop the dragon. The dragon is pretty much running all this destruction. And uh, Spider-Woman's like, why don't you just go kill the dragon? And Carol's like, I'm trying something new to like not always punch things first. <laughs> like, I'm, I don't want to do that. So she was like, you know, you guys handle the civilians. Let me go handle this dragon. She goes to the dragon. It like scorches her. And Carol's like, oh, I, I yield. Like, I just want to talk. I don't want to like try to hurt you. And mm-hmm. we get a flashback to the magic council and wanda goes arrest my fucking case like hello (laughs) (laughs) like she is doing what we all wanted her to do we wanted her to go through this trial to see if she was going to stop punching and killing things first and look at what she's doing um and they have this really cool do you know that meme of uh (laughs) will smith and he's pointing to like i think he's pointing to jada and he's like, oh, and he's like showcasing her outfit. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Wanda does that when uh to the like the screen of Carol which oh. was a cool little little nod. Um, also she does bring up the fact that you know Agatha was like, we have noticed that she is the right person to be Captain Marvel, but do you really trust her to do it? You know, who knows if she'll backslide from and being more aggressive. And Wanda's like, you know, I wasn't always the best friend to Carol. Um, you know, I have made mistakes with her that I could never take back and that lesser people would never could have forgiven me for. And what she's talking about is when Carol was raped back in Avengers 200, when she was taken off by Marcus, Wanda was one of the people who were like, like kind of just let that happen. And, Mm -hmm. um, after that, when Wanda, I'm sorry, when Carol was with the X-Men and, uh, the Avengers came to come and check up on her and. Carol kind of like read all of them. Wanda was again there and she said, you know, I thought you were in love with him. And Carol was like, you didn't even check. Like nobody like yeah. worried. About I remember me. that. Um, Carol with the X-Men was a time. Yes. Um, so I did appreciate the fact that she brought that back up and she said, you know, I wasn't a good friend to her, but Carol's like super heroics and the trueness of her heart has never changed. Um, so I do trust her. So I thought that was a really nice moment. I like Carol mm-hmm. Um Then Lieutenant Trouble ends up turning back into her little gore form. Um, Enchantress shows up and she's like, you know, Carol's like, why did you do this? Like, I don't appreciate you like making my friend, this little girl, a dragon for me to like fight. Like, I get your point. <laughs> like, you made your point. I'm not a <laughs> dragon killer. Um, and I'm sorry for your kid. And that's literally what she says. Um, she balls up her fist like she's about to blast her in the face. Carol does. And she looks at her and she's like, you know, Amora, I'm sorry. Like, I apologize for what happened with your kid. She was like, what? She's like, I'm telling you right now. I'm not trying to fight you. I apologize for going after Ove and taking his powers from him, the magic powers from him. Um, and of course, Amora was like, I don't believe you. And like, that was my son. He was not like this bad monster. And she was like, you can read minds, read my mind and see what happened in the future. Yeah, she, she can. Did. She read her mind and she saw what happened. And she was like, wow, I didn't know that was the truth. And then she like teleported away and she was like, this isn't over. And Enchantress defeats be so like simple. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always genuinely her just leaving and saying this isn't over. 
she's just like, you just do like one little thing and it's just like, okay, well, I'm gonna leave now, but it's not over. And it's just like, what happened? Well, I think that's how you usually defeat most magic users, right? I think magic doesn't no. That's it doesn't not work against like honesty. <laughs> like once you're honest, always break the spell. <laughs> like, like well. oh yes, I broke the spell because I was honest. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, but, well, that's good. I, I mean, that so, sounds like a good arc, though. Shout out to um, Carol for learning a little, having a little growth moment, and not punching everything you know, first. I, I feel like she gets that like hard-headed thing a lot and people talk about like oh I wish she would learn from her mistakes and all of that mm-hmm. and it's here she is doing it right now. <laughs> yeah so shout out to Kelly Thompson for like not being afraid mm-hmm. to show Carol's flaws and yeah. to have her like grow as a character the rebrand um, so, for her has been strong I will say like I know a lot of people and they talk about this book and they say that it is really good and they're like really enjoying it and they really enjoy Carol and I think a lot of people I, everybody knows I'm not a huge Carol fan, but like I've read Carol's stories. I kind of know what goes on. I get the personality. We just don't click. I think a lot of people hold on to hate for Carol from like Civil War II. And yeah. to this day, they don't have a real reason to dislike her. And I think that if you're going to like not even give her the chance, like it's a Kelly Thompson book, you, especially for people who know they like Kelly Thompson, you like Kelly Thompson. You know she's gonna write something good. You probably like Carol because she has cool powers, not you per, per se, but like anybody else. Like she has good powers. She's strong. She flies. She flies. You're like Rose. Why wouldn't you like Carol? <laughs> right. I don't know, but I don't know. I really don't. It really doesn't baffles me. <laughs> but whatever. That's not my fight. Um. So after the end of this, she leaves. Uh, Hazmat is really cool because earlier in the issue, she was eating top. And she was like, I don't even want to fight nobody right now. And Spider-Man was like, suit up. Like, we got to go fight. But she showed up late after the fight was already over because, like you said, Enchantress, like, just kind of walked away. So Hazmat was like, damn, I, like, I suited up. Like, I was ready. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, So after that fight, Binary is like, you know, I need to go off and figure out who I am. And Carol is like, you know, that would be great for you. I'll always be here for you if you need me. Like, here's a communicator for you to find me. And she just kind of flies off. Now, I personally didn't necessarily like that moment because it feels like Carol created a new character. <laughs> yes, it was through, like, comic book MacGuffin-y kind of stuff because the Phoenix Force was involved and uh, was this new ability of hers where she can kind of project her full-time energy on the outside of her body instead of just with blast. Um, and then the blast extend with Phoenix Force energy also on the planet Bell was so I know that she was made through like comic book means or whatever but if she can do that once like who's to say it couldn't happen again but with the solicit that's coming out in December which uh, shout out to Kelly Thompson for and Captain Marvel 44 it looks like there's going to be some kind of signal that comes from both Rogue and Binary and they need to go and like rescue her and she rescues um she calls up the x-men to come and help her so and that includes polaris on the team so shout out to mm-hmm. our girl being <laughs> making it all into captain marvel <laughs> i'm really excited for that uh, for obvious reasons <laughs> uh, but in that solicit it looks like binary is going to be coming back around so i'm not sure if they'll be having like their merge moment and because i truly think that that costume is too hot for it not to just end up being. I was about to say, binary is hot. You know, I'm always going to be pro binary. You know, whenever Carol's in that mood, I'm with her. I support it. 
Yeah, and I think they're about to merge and become that. Um, so we'll see. The next issue looks like it's a, which I didn't know this was still running on this long, a Axe tie-in, Judgment Day. Uh, everybody got an Axe tie-in, don't they? What would you rate this issue? <laughs> Honestly, I would give this issue, um, I would give this issue a four out of five. Okay. A four. I really enjoyed it. I really liked the moment between where Wanda kind of talking about the stuff far but the magic has been having magic be a thwart for carol has been fun i will say people who are fans of magic should honestly read this series because there's a lot of magic in this like okay that feels like every week you're telling me about amora or scarlet witch or like dr strange somebody it's, it's a lot more magic in this than i want <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's still good so if you like magic you should definitely be reading captain marvel um but yeah, I would give this issue a four out of five. We'll see if I'm gonna like the axe tie-in. Look like her mama showing up. That's the just gonna judge. Carol's mama? Yeah. I was about to say, I didn't know she had a mama, but I mean I guess by nature she <laughs> nature she would have a mama. I'm saying like I guess I've never like thought about stories with her and her mama. So long story short, for the people who were who are interested in knowing, there was a series called, in my opinion, where you should start with Carol and her Captain Marvel era called the life and times of Captain Marvel. Um, I call Captain Marvel, whatever. It really brings up the fact that her mom was Cree. They basically kind of mm. gave her like uh, retcon because um, nor or her mom was just like a white lady. But now they say that she was actually a Cree warrior and that's where Carol got her powers. Uh. Like she's half Cree, oh. and she's not just like just some lady's daughter now. Okay. Yeah. Her mom was in it. Her mom like died in her arm. She finally got to meet her. That's always sad. So well. Next up on our list is a new number one we had is Midnight Suns number one, and that is written by Ethan Sachs with art from Luigi Z- Zagaria, and it has colors from Antonio Fabella. Now, again, we were just talking about magic, the uprise of magic, and this continues that. Um, it features a lot of characters who we know from all around the Marvel Universe. It starts out with uh, Marie Laveau. She, we're at the Strange Academy with those kids, and they're on the way to the class, being taught by Blade. He's telling them about vampires. We see Nico. We see magic in that costume of hers. I'm sorry. I do not enjoy it. I feel like the half-armor look thing, I get why it's done, but I don't think it looks that good. And I even like kind of went back and I started looking at some of her other costumes that were similar to it. And I think it's the same for them. I think I only like it when it's just the armored arm. Uh, and that's holding the sword. Yeah, I think like the like half leg, the like random hit piece, a random like piece on the elbow somewhere else. I just think it looks kind of awkward. And I, again, I get it was supposed to represent the armor like fully taking over her body and stuff like that, but whatever. Nonetheless, later on in the day in the school, the girl Marie uh, Laveau, I'm sorry, Zoe Laveau, she is a descendant of Marie Laveau. She has this vision that's basically saying she's going to wipe out all of humanity. She's got all this great power. She's the one, blah, blah, blah. Come to find out, she was not the only person seeing this, but everybody in the magic community saw this vision. So the students, I mean, the teachers of like Dr. Strange. 
I know, right? It's just like, oh, I thought the magical activity. We all have like a, <laughs> a it's like the it's like the equivalent of when you're at work and somebody sends an email to like one person, but it actually went to like everybody in the community, and then it yes. was something bad. It's just like, ooh, this is messy. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, the teachers go go in there like, okay, hey, wait a second, let's try and do this. Magic immediately like teleports away because she has to go get Wolverine because Wolverine's involved in the mission. They have a nice little moment where she's like, I don't want to be involved in magic stuff, but she's like, well, you were there, so you got to come on. He's like, I hate it, which was like one of my small frustrations with him in this book. I don't think he's going to stay in it very long. I think it's one of those things where it's like, oh, we got Wolverine on the cover for the first few issues so we can sell it. And then probably by like arc two or three, he was going to be gone. But like a lot of times throughout the issue, because he's consistently saying, oh, I hate magic stuff. This is why nobody wants to deal with magic users. We don't want to be around magic. It's like boys and leave. I'm going to have that magic you, tap here. You're getting <laughs> on my nerves. He's scared of me. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, while they do that, try and go get Zoe, these demons attack. And these were some of the same demons that we saw in the vision. So the big fight breaks out. Of course, Agatha Harkness comes around. She takes Zoe away. We don't know where. The issue kind of ends with them saying, well, things can't get worse. But of course, everything gets worse because who shows up? Dr. Doom. And he's like, give me the girl. Doom. King. <laughs> Another person. She's one of the people who saw the vision. Uh, Kushala, who's the spirit writer. And she is like the one exception I might make to my no ghost writer rule. Because she's hot. Always the girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. She was cool. So, you know, they all get together and then that's going to go. So it looks like Zoe's going to be a big part of this. It was, like, really exciting. I think one of the first... So the only time I ever picked up uh, Strange Academy was on two instances. The one was when I knew that Enchantress was going to be in it, and that's when I discovered she had two kids. And then the other issue was, uh, I want to say it was, like, 13 or something, but this girl, Zoe, was on the cover. And I thought the cover was really dope. And that kind of like talked about her and her relationship with Marie Laveau and how she's a living zombie. She wears a trinket on her neck. So her real form isn't revealed. One of the students rips the trinket off and like everybody sees what she really looks like. It's a big deal because of course everybody just had this vision about her destroying the world and that she looks like this. It's like, whoa. But it looks like she's going to be a big factor in it. I know something got released about Agatha Harkness having a new design. So we're going to see that debut in this book at some point as well. Um, it's magic stuff. It was cool. Anyway. That's why she's young. It's a flashback to her. Yeah. Or at least, or young, or looks like her MCU version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna be real honest. And then the, it's crazy because the outfit actually looks like an outfit that Cersei wears. But that's nice. Oh. I can't know that. Anyways, you know who Cersei is. <laughs> 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 Anyways. This issue, I thought, was like, it was fun. It was cute. I think um, I think the storyline is, like, very straightforward of what's going on. I'm interested to see all the characters. I think there were some nice moments in between. We discovered that Nico has sent her uh, staff into space for some reason, so she can't really do too much magic. But she learned, like, a few shield spells. Um, again, we see, like, a bunch of different magic users throughout the Marvel Universe getting that vision. So I'm pretty sure we'll see a few more people pop in. It's always nice to see the big teaching staff at... Um, Strange Academy, seeing Dr. Voodoo has got a lot of people uh, I like. Was, uh, Wiccan? Not magic. He's not magic. <laughs> 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 He's reality woman. He don't know no spells. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, 
Yeah, he's not he's not attuned to the arts like that. He don't get those flashes. They bring him in, and he'd be like, I don't know if I should be here, but it's really only because Wanda was like, oh, we should bring him with us. <laughs> not the nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all it is. It's just not the nepotism, because it's like, baby, he should not be here. But nonetheless, yeah, well, it was really gonna be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would probably give the issue like a three out of five. I thought it was like solid, straightforward. The art was fun. Okay. You like you get to see the Magic Girls. I'm interested to see where it goes. I like the team. A lot of my favorites are showing up. It's magic. I think it's hot. I'm like glad to see the Midnight Suns brand continuing to expand and like form into other things. You know, the game is also coming soon too. So gotta cross that brand. Uh, Have those that synergy. Love it. And Blade's at the forefront. So <laughs> And then, all right, ooh, next up on the list is X-Men Red number six, and that's from Al Ewing, Stefano Caselli, and Federico Believe was doing the colors. Now, Talk about it. before I even get into the issue, I don't think it's any secret how I feel about Al Ewing. It's not. I'm okay. Anybody that listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen that meme that goes across Twitter sometimes where it's like, if anybody got me, I know how Ewing got me? <laughs> yes, I've seen that. <laughs> that is like so real. It's so like just true to life. And I feel like a lot of times when people read comic books, we kind of argue about whether we want story or feet. Do you want to see your character kind of going through something or do you want to see them doing things? Do you want flashy panels to post or do you want to have like a full type of journey happen in front of you? And X-Men number six is my definition of a perfect comic because it blends the two extremely well. And it does so, so flawlessly that you just can't help but walk away with like some type of respect for almost every single character involved. And I think to do that with an ensemble cast, so many people and like the way that it was done it was just fantastic all around really great comic book he's a genius i i don't know what else to say (laughs) i feel like i'm just repeating myself again with x-men red and just how truly like a great comic it is um now, would I have preferred for it to have been Lorna instead of Magneto? Just, that's, but that's my own personal bias. <laughs> well, you say that, but Dying. also, I was about to say, he died. So I don't know if you wanted that for me or he's going to die. Um, but, you know, so this issue begins with to die. You don't think so? They've been making such a big deal about it. I feel like the death of Magneto would, like, we're going to kill him off would be a bigger deal than Axe. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, let's be serious. I feel I like Axe, I don't know. I feel like Axe and Judgment Day is supposed to be, like, a big deal. It's the Avengers and the X-Men and the Eternals. And they're like, Uranus, he killed his planet. I don't know. I, th- I think that they is... could be resurrected. I don't. I don't know. And he can't be resurrected. Now. And you know, and he and he did he say that. Like the, he did say that there are still ways for him to come back. You know, I mean, even the other world death doesn't mean anything anymore. They fixed that too with Siege Perilous and a few telepaths. So, I just think I that's think... why I feel like it would be a bigger deal. And with with Lorna appearing in Captain Marvel. Feel like she would be like you know doing something after her father died, not like going to go 
tape road. I don't know. I, I mean, Magneto loves Rhodes. That's but that's what I just can't get behind y'all. I'm sorry. That's, I don't know. I think Axe feels like a big day. And, and again, like you said, Resurrection is not down. There's still plenty of ways for him to come back. But I think, especially even in this issue, Magneto's story has kind of been about wanting to take a break and wanting to stop. And like the battle's actually never over. There's never really any stopping. Like you always get roped into it, you always come back. And I think him dying in this way is his real only way to have that break. And it's like we kind of seen so many characters, I think also realizing that he needs to take a step back and do something else. He quit the council. They roped him back into the Brotherhood. He's like trying to kind of stop that, doing that stuff. You know, everyone's always playing their games, the politics of everything behind it. He's just like, I want to chill, but he is Magneto, the master of magnetism. They're never just going to let you chill. You're too big of a thing. They're going to backslide him in like X-Men as in he just joined the brotherhood so currently visually right now it is magneto on the brotherhood and xavier with his x-men and they're on two planets like Mm -hmm. i could see them going like a retro route and going they're at least feuding or something i don't know but i hope not i personally would prefer magneto just to retire he should be in a big old castle on a rock like he was going to do going to retire yeah but they won't let him do that and that's why he got to die. That's the only way he's going to get that break. And you let him do that. And then if you want, you can bring him back from the heaven that his daughter created. It's very poetic. It is very poetic. Yes. And then Lorna gets to step up. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like him dying. <laughs> with the one of his person. It is. It is. It is. But I just feel that the only reason I feel like he isn't going to die in this is I felt like the death of Magneto would be like a bigger deal. Not that I said I don't want him to die. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Um, But, you know, he does have his moments. We also finally meet the, what are they, the night seat of Araka? And we get a little bit of their history in a big data page, which was, like, kind of cool to me. And we meet SZA. She's skirt-skirting in the smoke. I thought that was cute. Um, but, you know, we see her, and then we get a little bit more history about the Night Ring and kind of, like, how they operated, how they were dismantled because of Genesis. And let me tell you something. The more I hear about Genesis, the more she seems like she was a nasty lady. And I don't think I would have gotten she along with She seems like. Um, and she was, like, really against the Night Table. They don't have Omegas. We also see a little bit of potential like family history here it seems like the weaponless one who's been with being friends with Magneto he talks about his daughter who it seems like is Cora of the Burning Heart who we know very well from this book and weaponless Zen over in Legion of X seems like the other daughter so I think that's cute and fun and it's like family time on Arako you know I love a family do you think that these Arako and the Arako characters are going to start to like be more prominent within the X-Men franchise. Maybe not more, but I mean like these. Yes and no. I do think they'll continue to kind of get their history, their culture. We'll see characters like be created or pop up in these books. I don't know if I would ever see, or at least not yet, I don't see an Arako mutant being on the X-Men. 
if that makes Actually, sense. Though, the next follow up I was going to ask is like, because I don't even think any of them popped up in the current X Men. Have they? Where they have uh, like being actually discussed and talked about any of the like, I don't hear them talking about Aura Serrata or like. Yeah, exactly. Like Krakoa is still very much like Krakoa. Arako still very much feels like a separate thing where it's like, again, you see it like pop up in the other books, but it's like a backdrop. I think they're really trying to emphasize that like these are two different places and two different cultures. But I think that will also be a nice little thing to have like, oh, here's an ambassador of Arako joining the Krakoa next team. Cool. It'll be fun. But uh, it'll be interesting. I, I also think it will be interesting if we get to a place where we can have like an Arako book that features just like a team of Araki mutants. Yeah. Getting to that point would make me feel like, oh, this is like legit. a thing. That would actually be kind of interesting. And I know like X-Men Red is kind of like the quote-unquote Arako book, but again, it's still very much through a Krakoa lens and like learning about them and doing that. I want to see a team that's like specifically just like Arako mutants. They don't actually interact with any Krakoans at all. We don't see them. We don't know them. Well, they know them, but it's not about them. It's two separate books, like two separate. Yeah. Red and blue. Ooh. <laughs> and you know, the blue team was always hot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did think that the power feats in this were fantastic. You know, I do like a feat. I can be a feat fan. Um, Magneto keeping his blood flowing with the iron in his body. Uh, that's how he's keeping his heart pumping. His magnetic heart was really cool. Um, Storm supercharging him. I love when they use real science <laughs> to yeah. uh, with powers and stuff. And um, their powers are attuned to each other. And I do think that they the fight is mentioned Magneto talks about, like, you know, um, our powers are, I'm sorry, Storm says that their powers are in tune. I think Uncanny like, one. And they fought, and his magnetic powers would get stronger with her lightning blast. And that's because, like, try to charge, you can magnetic field. So, so I thought that was really cool um, that they had that in here. And they fought that, like, plastic ape kaiju <laughs> that yeah. was cool too i guess um it was also like really cool just with like magneto and his scenes with sunspot and like just how hey i'm a fan of sunspot i like him as a character but i love how they've really been emphasizing how he's kind of been like in the background playing his own little game he is very much that character who's like i'm not fighting on the front lines like i can do it if i really have to but i'm the power player behind the scenes he knows how to do that he knows how to move he is now a part of the night table uh, the table nobody, which I or the seat of nobody, which I think is like really cool for him. And I really enjoyed the moments with him and Magneto. I love when they talk about Headmaster Magneto and like remind people that he was also close with the new mutants. They actually probably like him a little bit more than Xavier. So yo, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That was their that was their teacher. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's kinda like I really enjoyed that. Um and I, I like Scissor. She's cool. I love that you keep calling her. <laughs> we'll see what else she does and I thought the shot at the end like just with the whole brotherhood and like they're taking the fight to Uranus was really hot that's how you pronounce that name? that's not how you pronounce that name right? I think it's like Cynthia. there's an I extra like Y in there there's another Y in there somewhere but it's not what you think <laughs> <laughs> what would you rate this issue? oh five out of five truly like perfect comic book to me loved every bit of it yeah 
fame, I would give this a five out of five. The like the whole thing. flying through and like dodging them lasers, all of us living. Yeah, like this, like again, in the way they managed to like weave in the history of Morocco and like into the story, I really enjoyed the stuff about the prisons with that NASA guy who's like living on uh, the planet as well. And he talks about how Brand tells everybody, oh, they're aggressive and they're this and that. And he's like, I meet these people and they're cool. But I also like the way that they continue to put emphasis on how they technically don't need help. And like when they run away, it's like a, a, a retreat and just things of that nature. Yeah, like. All that stuff is really cool to me. Learning about the kids in the prisons. Tarn was an evil man. Mm-hmm. I hope he yes, comes he back. He did. And <laughs> they don't do resurrection. So. Anyways, what would you rate it? I also would give it a five out of five. Per. No notes. Perfect book. Excellent. And then moving on to our last book of the week, which follows up from this is Judgment Day number four, and that comes from Karen Gillen and Valerio Skeeti. And I, you know, I did say that I kind of tapped out of Judgment Day. So please tell us what happened. Um, I'll read it later. Um, I mean, this wasn't as good as X Men. <laughs> Click down from there. Uh, this book, you see that everyone is going crazy because the Celestial has told everyone they're going to be getting their judgments. And um, the Eternals are talking about they have a plan now where they want to have Eros. Okay, they let, released him from prison. They want to have him use his powers to, like, on a on a bigger scale, they were going to use some machine to like make everyone's emotions good so that Celestial reads them their judgments. Like, I just don't think that like the rebrand of this character like curls over very well for me. I would rather them just not even use them. Like there are plenty of other of emotional manipulating characters we could have used or uh, some kind of telepath or something. I don't know, but I would rather you do that than trying to do this rebrand with him. Whatever it's going on. Again, we see everyone humanity kind of dealing with their um their judgments as well as all the heroes. We do get like little quick moments with the heroes to see if they how they pass their judgment. Again, I thought that this was going to be everyone being judged for their person and like their history, but everyone seems to kind of be actively tested rather than actually like you know looked at and judged. Like um I believe someone oh like uh Ms. Marvel Khan, someone sent a not someone, the Celestial appealed in front of her as a Captain Marvel and tried to, like, attack her, basically. Like, you need to help me, like, escape and we're And just come out was like, no, you're not the real Carol. Like, where is she? So she passed her test. But again, that to me feels like a test rather than, like, looking at her and judging her history. Um, and Xavier got tested because David, his son, appeared. He didn't pay him any attention. And uh, of course, got the thumbs down. Now hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I saw some of those pages posted on Twitter, and I saw that one specifically. How are you going to come to him in a time of crisis where he's helping all these other people and be like, "Oh, I need to talk"? You were going to get ignored regardless. That's not fair. Like this is not the time for that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Looks like you're gonna get the thumbs down. Too. Like, come on now. Like, don't come on. When you see like what's going on, this man is going around judging people. These things are attacking us. These giant monsters are popping out of the ocean. Humans are picketing at our fence, and you coming up to me all sad, like I need to talk. You gotta wait an hour. I'm sorry. That's his son. Who's actually dead? Because Jurnos killed him too. Definitely getting the thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> You are definitely not passing up judgment. <laughs> Come on now. If anything, if anything, actually, I'm pretty sure Xavier knew that that wasn't the real David. And he, like, saw the Celestials playing games. He was like, I don't have time for this. Fair. But other people who knew that, like Doom, the uh, Celestial came in front of Doom and was like, you know, I'm judging you. Doom was like, <laughs> be serious. And he got a <laughs> thumbs up. Well. Sorry. Some people are just <laughs> going to hell. I feel like. Was... <laughs> um, I don't know. They were talking about maybe releasing Uranus out of his prison because Druig, of course, still wants to win. Um, the Eternals end up inviting the X-Men into the Unimine because they feel like they can use that against everyone um, and try to fight the Celestial back that way. Um Eros gets voted as Prime Eternal, um, and which I thought was like a choice. <laughs> um, but uh, Uranus ends up like breaking free, and he decides to like wreak havoc on everyone. He ends up fighting um, Storm and Magneto. They end up like, coming back from Morocco. They fight, and Magneto ends up dying in the fight. Um, which again, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure if it's gonna be like a real thing. I think, I think, I think for some reason he's gonna be able to be resurrected. Maybe I'm just too used to resurrection and death not meaning anything. I think. But, um, I don't think it's a thing of that. A discussion of him not coming back. I think it'll be how long before they bring him back. But I think that'll be a point of the story. It's like, okay, we need to bring Magneto back now, and it's like, well. Actually, he broke off from all of this because he was trying to have a break. Like, maybe we should actually do that and, like, just let him, like, stay gone for a little bit. And then that'll be kind of a contention. Put him at the back of the line. Yeah. We will get to him later. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see by probably the end of this what happens. Um, Either way, they end up uh, having... Eros, because he's the prime eternal, he ends up talking to the celestial, like, you know, can we give us more time? Like, can it, um, like, you don't have to kill everyone. Like, we are still, like, good people. Long story short, the celestial says no. Thumbs down to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He thumbs down and said, uh, no, it's over. And that's how it ends. Like, Oh. Everyone's gonna die. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it okay. is with Captain America saying we're gonna die. <laughs> so well. issue number five comes out next week and then um six is also in mm-hmm. I don't know, six is in October, so we'll see what ends up happening with Okay. Well, I still think Charles Xavier was set out, but I don't know. It sounds like it's fun. I don't know. It's, like, it's not really captivating to me. 
And then maybe because I'm just not that into the eternal. They're a very big part. Yeah. I can see that. I was about to say, this feels like an Eternals event. It feels like a good event for the Eternals. For sure. Yes. Yes, for sure. I just don't really find them interesting. Um, <laughs> there are many Cassie Ritz-Wilson Percy makes not cut it. <laughs> so, I don't know. I give this issue a 3 out of 5. Oh, okay. Solid, like, wasn't terrible. All right. Wasn't great. She was cute. Well, those were the books of the week. Yes, we're going to be taking a break from the book club this week. Um, we wanted to catch up, but catch us next week where we read issues uh, 40 through 43 of New X Men. That's for magic. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take a break and then we'll come right back. All right, everybody, welcome back for another review, and we are discussing episode five of the sensational She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. And this episode, we get the court case between one Miss Jennifer Walters, aka She-Hulk, and she is being sued by Titania because Titania trademarked her name, and she is using it as the name of her brand of skincare. And I, I know we, I know we talked about this a little bit beforehand. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the changes to Titania as, like, the influencer and, like, all this stuff. But I really, 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 really enjoy Jamila Jamel in this role and what she's doing with the Titania here. The way she talks, the way she acts, the way she, like, is with the fans, how she's kind of, like, taunting She-Hulk in ways when she's in court, calling her, like, Shrek (laughs) and things like that. I'm just, like, really liking it. And honestly, I've been thinking a lot about it and Titania as a whole. And I feel like the feud between Titania and She-Hulk. <laughs> the feud between Titania and She-Hulk is iconic. Everybody knows that, like, that's the girl she fights. What they've done for this show, obviously, is, like, updated a lot of She-Hulk's storyline and plot points and, like, themes and all of that for a modern-day audience. I don't know if the Titania from the comics would work in the same contrast as the way the show is presented. Oh, okay. I like that. I don't want to say anything bad. <clears throat> but I, I would like to see them, like, still fight a little bit. Obviously, like, we saw that Titania has, like, some super strength that's been, like, her thing. She's an influence super celebrity. And um, I would like to still see them tussle a little bit. But I like the fact that this is the role she plays as opposed to what we know of Mary in the comics. So, like, with the criminal past and all of that stuff. I do hope she still meets a crush or Creel, though, because they're cute. I know. I do want her. You know, I love them as a couple. Yeah, I, I love. I love a ride or die. Um, I actually agree with you here. I, you know, I'm a big fan of Titania as a villain, um, especially ever since Secret Wars, where she was introduced, and I love her and Crusher together. And I was worried about this because I'm not the biggest fan of Jamila Jamil. I haven't really seen. Her <laughs> she about that. But I will say I actually really enjoyed her in this. Like, I really liked mm-hmm. what she was doing with Titania. I actually ended up enjoying Influencer Titania. Um, and like you said, the taunting with her and She-Hulk is so ingrained in their characters. They're always going to be the girls that clash. But I did like the way that they were kind of 
is using the influencer version of that rather than they just scrap <laughs> on site. Yeah. So, um, I'm not sure if the synergy could work. I think it could if you don't make it a complete 180 turn because I do feel like Titania being an influencer like would feel 180 if they did it that yeah. way. But if if she decided to, I don't know, go quote unquote straight with something and try to get her own business, and yeah, then they could maybe work something there with her and She Hulk have some. Classes. It would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think they would. I don't think they would. You know, She Hulk book is going on right now. Titania is a part of it. Her and Jen have kind of started their own little fight club. I do agree that going beauty influencer with her would feel like a very big 180 unless they like make that the point like oh these people grab titania because like we just know she's pseudo famous because she fights she hulk and we just want to make her the face i think you'd have to show like some uncomfortableness in that for her though to really make it yeah. work but i don't think they'll do that i think she's one of the few who the synergy might miss could I don't know. It don't seem like too many. I was about to say, I was like trying to sit here and think. I was like, wait, who's actually been missed? And I was like, I can't think of anybody. I was like, I I don't know, actually. So we'll see. I guess we'll just wait till it happens. Yeah, that would be maybe fun. Maybe Titania just randomly comes out with some product or something in 616. And I don't know. They could give her the same personality she has in. I would say, if anything, what they might do they might pull a Tessa Thompson and just, like, create the character with a different name. Ah, they could totally do that. Yeah. They gave her, like, a Titania, like, gave her a sidekick. That girl was an influencer. A new Titania. You know, Mary's retired. She's a super brother. Okay, now here we go. And then her thing could be she actually trademarked Titania. And now she Hulk. And Jen's got to sue her. That'd be hot. We'd be giving <laughs> ideas. Okay, period. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought the episode was really fun. I liked. I've been in. This feels like a show to me. Like, yeah. I've uh, seen some complaints good. about. Yeah, I've seen some complaints about you know people wanting a little bit more action. They're saying that you know this is still a superhero show. They want our have powers and everything like that. But I don't know. It's something about She Hulk. Yes, super. She Hulk does superhero stuff. She has the strength and all of that. But like at the heart of her character, she's always been kind of a lawyer, just getting the zany adventures. And I, I guess I never expected this to feel like a superhero show. I expected it to feel like a comedy with yeah. a superhero. And so I was never really expecting there to be too much fighting and things like that. And I think the things that we get are enough for what we see of Jen's life right now. Again, she is kind of just getting into the hang of being a She-Hulk. Her whole thing is that she wants to be a lawyer. She wants to have be successful in something else other than superheroics. The fights are just happenstance. I've always kind of seen She-Hulk's like superhero-ness <laughs> as something that was like tied to her being an Avenger. And by that, I mean like She's there to help out because yes, I am strong. Yes, I like I have these powers, so I do want to help. Um, and like I'll be a part of this team. But her, the She Hulkness is like not being a superhero. She's not. Yeah. She's only a She Hulk because she likes to be a She Hulk. She's hot, which 
that bad man in court said it, you know, when the girl asked Mallory Book, shout out to Mallory Book also, first of all, really like right quick. She is killing it and she looked good with her little business Listen. bob and her dresses and she's walking around. You saw her lawyer bob? Okay. <clears throat> then when she had a different one on where there was asymmetrical cut, she had um that's her Esquire Bob. She looked really yes. good. It was like really cool to see her. I again I also enjoyed the like extra emphasis on Pug and Nikki in this episode. I think kind of fleshing out her side characters was really nice. I don't know. Pug was putting on this little black scent every now and again. <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna need him to slow it down. <laughs> but like is I are they both a part of She Hulk's um Hug is. I can't. Re- so, um, Nikki is not. There is a girl who like used to hang around with Jen. Her name was Weezy, though. Um, and but Pug is a part of the comics, and he was like a big part of the law firm. He actually was like fell in love with Jen for a little while. This whole thing is that he is kind of a himbo, and so that's why when it was all going on, <laughs> I was like, okay, I get what they're going for. But I was like, let's move on. Um, but I also. <laughs> The whole aspect of them trying to get the suits for Jen and find somebody who could do it and like make all of that stuff work. I thought that was really cute to see. And then we got back to Mallory and she was just looking great. Yeah. Um, I do have to go ahead and say that um a lot of what happens in these court scenes is not accurate. So like don't think that's <laughs> <laughs> Well, you it's know, fun, I think the writer said that they like determined they could not write good court scenes, so that's why they. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally that's fine. True. I'd rather you do this than yeah, and and you make it work for your story than try to force it to be real. It was cute though. They're they're working. I'm excited. I like the little tease we saw of the Daredevil mask to know that he is out and about, hanging out somewhere. We're gonna see him soon. Very excited. Again, I'm glad that these are um, a longer series than the rest of it. Yeah. Do you like um, Luke Jacobson, the superhero outfit man who's giving, you know, Edna Mode from the I do. I enjoy it, and I enjoy his place, and I enjoy the aspect of, you know, all the superheroes finding somebody who's going to make their suits, and then he kind of does it. I think that's an interesting thing that happens in superhero comics, like when the whole community has, like, that secret person, kind of like the night nurse thing, how they do. It's like, oh, everybody just can go to her because she's cool and she's down. I appreciate that. I do like that. Um, that should be real. I agree. I like when they have like a tailor. You know, they mm-hmm. have it in uh, Invincible, where the guy who was the one who made everybody's suits that's mm-hmm. go to, you know, get your measurements and all that. I do like that. I usually like when it's a person who used to be a superhero or like has superhero like connections and they just like, oh, I just don't want to do this. <laughs> but yeah, I do this for y'all. Awesome. Yeah. She's well, a designer. Like, well, she does design some of their suits sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I felt like once we got to a point where, like, you know, the older characters were being phased into the new status quo, it's kind of with, like, Luke Cage becoming a mayor. Yeah. Oh, so she, she should just become... The person who make all their suits. I could see that. That would be cool for her. No, I like Walsh sometimes. That would give her, like, a little uh, lane, and she would um, still be, like, important. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of did her dirty. But anyway, not about Wasp. I think that She-Hulk is a fantastic show. Um, I ended up liking Titania a lot more than I thought mm-hmm. I was going to. Um, Agreed. I, I'm going to keep watching. I like what I'm seeing. I wish there was a, there was no after credit scene with this. No, there wasn't, which was a little disappointing. But still we moved. 
I've been liking all those like fun little things. Agree. It's a really good show. I'm really into it. I'm interested to see kind of how they do it. Like obviously we're kind of doing like this oh. comedy what? So I'm looking at the writers for the upcoming episodes. Uh-huh. And Zeb Wells is right. He wrote episode seven. Oh wow. Shout out to him. And uh Ziggler, who I talked about earlier, who will be writing the uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, he wrote episode eight. Period. That's the ghost we work at. They, oh, those they really are reaching out to the comic book writers to, like, write episodes of the show. That means that's going to be good episodes, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you know that's seven and eight, too, so that's like... Those are like yeah. the pinnacles. Of the that's what we get. That's the four and five right there. Uh, yeah. But no, I'm, I, and that's what I'm excited to see. I might want him to do, like, the New Mutants TV show. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't did people <laughs> like his new mutants run? It, it, it was good. I liked it. He had powerless Danny. She was kicking butt. That's the one where she uh, did the arrow with her feet. Hot moment. Yeah. But um, I think it'll be interesting for Studio Hulk to see how they finish it off and then find a way to integrate it into the... I mean, I don't think it's that hard to integrate it into the rest of the MCU. Obviously, she's practicing a superhuman law. But, you know, with that, like, if someone will come and meet her, someone will come and see her, if she really, like, takes that move to join the Avengers, kind of, if we ramp up by the end of it more of the superhero aspect, or if we just kind of keep this show in this realm of, like, the comedy law series... And then maybe when the movies or something pop up, that's the only time she gets involved. Now that we are at this midway point, are you expecting a season two where they continue something like that? Or I would, antics? I would like it. I think Jen has enough story that it can be done. And I think her story has gone in enough roots, or excuse me, has enough roots that she can go like in a few different ways. Like, she's been an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. if you want to kind of get, like, some of that stuff. She's done, like, cosmic stuff. She's done other universe stuff. She's been put on trial. Like, they've always really managed a way to put Jen in her own spot. Again, you could even go from the Charles Sewell run when she started her own practice. Oh, okay. That'd be cool, too. Yeah. I would also like to see Hellcat make an appearance in some oh, form or fashion. Uh, was that her homegirl? That's her best friend. Maybe. Do you want the same actress? From I didn't mind. Yeah, I didn't mind Rachel Taylor as Hellcat. I feel like Trish, as she was called, um, was a nice little spin, and I felt like she got some of the stuff like Patsy's relationship with her nasty mommy, and you know, getting her powers and things like that. But if they did recast, I wouldn't be that upset about. It. Honestly, the only two people who I really want to kind of be recast from all of those Netflix shows, well, I have three people: Iron Fist. Electra. Actually, I don't want Electra recast. I just don't want to see Electra again. But it's Iron Fist and Misty Knight. I did not like that. I disagree with the second one. I can. I'm totally fine with a recast, but Homegirl's coming, so accept that. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. I thought Elodie Young was a good Electra. I just don't like Electra. But Simone Mystic as Misty Knight. I would like to be recast. Uh, Danny Ryan, if we don't even have to do Danny, we could just do Lynn now that he's the new Iron Fist again. Um, and Rachel Taylor, I liked her, but everybody everybody else from Netflix is kind of like, except from Charlie Cox and Kristen Ritter. Really? I think she's a really, I think she's a good, that's a good job too. And Mike Colton was actually a good with Cage. Those three are really the only three I think who are like necessary to come back. Yeah, I wonder if they got the calls. I think Kristen Ritter did. 
and everybody else they still waiting on. I think Mike Coulter was kind of touch and go. I think it would be nice if he did come back. I think he was a good Luke Cage. Um, but he's also doing like other stuff, so he might not even have the time. Kristen Ritter, I know she had like taken a little break because she had gotten pregnant. And but like Jessica Jones was just a really popular show and people really liked her in that role. She is honestly up there with Charlie Cox. Wow. Do you feel like he has elevated the character? There was a debate on the internet the other day about uh, Charlie Cox elevating Daredevil to like a bigger. Um, like now he's the no. character. Before Charlie, he wasn't. No, I feel like Daredevil's always been an A-list character. I just think that that last movie we got with that man wasn't that good. And I feel like, I'm sorry, Charlie Cox is it. <laughs> that's, why he got, that's why he got to come back. Like, what do you mean? Right. And, I mean, say what you will about how you personally feel about the content, but that you know, Frank Miller era of Daredevil, like, changed comic books. So, And, like, the Netflix show was hot. Like, the hallway scene, it, was, it changed cinema. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Please um, let us know what you guys think about She-Hulk. Um, you know, midway mark now, so we'll be... Yeah, it's almost done. Yeah. Um, oh, damn. You think, is Daredevil coming next episode? I figured he was going to He better. Back. I know. But we saw his mask, so probably, yeah. All right. Well, please rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can find us on YouTube if you want to watch at Another Relaunch TV. You can find me on most social media platforms at Uncanny LZ. Akeen, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Akeen Lance. As always, there's an underscore right there. All right, y'all. Let's get up out of here and we'll catch you next week. Peace, Peace out.